Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Risk! Hello, kids. This is Risk the show where people tell true stories they never thought they'd dare to share. I'm Kevin Allison, and every Thursday we release these special episodes that we're calling Classic Risk Singles. Each of these episodes features just one story from our earlier years. If you're new to Risk, you should know that the podcast can be very uncensored. This week, a story that Julio Torres first shared on the podcast in September of 2016. You might know Julio from his HBO special My Favorite Shapes and his HBO series Los Espookies. Here is Julio now with a story we call My Brilliant Career. Hi. Uh, hi. Hello. I wasn't always a star. I was... <laughs> Once a uh, just meek little liberal arts college student, as were all of you. <laughs> I remember that when I graduated school, I went to uh, the new school here in New York. And if you know anything about the new school, this makes uh, sense. <laughs> when I graduated from the new school, all I wanted was to get a nine to five job that would pay for being alive in New York. <laughs> that is all I wanted. And I thought, well, I got good grades, so job, here I come. Because <laughs> I was very smart, but also very stupid. And I thought, well, I have such a great resume, because you know, during college, I was addicted and obsessed with internships. 
I couldn't get enough of them. I was just a little internship whore. One was offered to me, and I would say, yes, more internships. I was once an intern for this literary non-for-profit. I would go there, and I would sit, and then I would leave. I was there for two years. To this day, I couldn't begin to tell you what they do. It was always a mystery. One day I'd like to know. So I thought, well, I'm ready for a job. So I, of course, I tried applying. Oh, mind you, I was graduating with a literary studies degree. So I I did what I think everyone does, which is, you know, you email any, like, professor that was ever nice to you, and you're like, hey, um, so, um, Julio, I was in your, like, Kafka in architecture class, um, (laughs) just, uh, wondering if there are any dogs I can walk, um, (laughs) but, no, I wasn't quite desperate yet, and I tried for, like, the publishing jobs, I never got an interview, and then I tried just uh, anything vaguely related to what I wanted to do. And someone got me an interview at this place called the Meredith Corporation. Now, I was so happy to get an interview and so confident that the only thing that was stopping me from getting a job was like, oh, they just haven't seen me. You know, once I get the interview, I'll be so charming and they'll just love it and they'll make me the CEO. So I I was very cocky, and I didn't research what the Meredith Corporation was. So I just uh, showed up, and in the lobby, I'm just trying to gather context clues of what this place is. (laughs) Meredith Corporation, Meredith Corporation, what are you? And then I gather from the context clues that they publish very niche publications that cater to suburban interests. So like uh, gardening magazines and cooking magazines and like candles that you're never light magazine and (laughs) potpourri magazine. So I thought I can do this. I'm very competent. I can write an article for any of these magazines. So I go into the interview and the first question that the woman asks is, why are you interested in a position in sales? And I fumbled, and I was like, well, I like buying things. (laughs) So I feel like being on the other side of that would be uh, exciting in the natural progression of my (laughs) hobby. I'm buying things. And then I could sense that the interview was just becoming worse. It was just bombing the interview. And I was like, oh, Meredith Corporation, what am I doing here? And it was just like, I was just going so badly and then there was just a pause when we were like (laughs) (laughs) and I in that moment thought I'm going to save this and then I just said I love corporations (laughs) and I did not get hired (laughs) so then well Then I decided to do something, well, dare I say, risky. Here it comes. You can all guess. I went to the 
What's that quote in The Lion King? To that part of the kingdom where the light doesn't... Craigslist. I, I, I went to Craigslist. Mortar. Mortar from Lord of the Rings? Yeah. And then I was still delusional because I went to the like, writing slash editing section of Craigslist. And I thought, well, you know, I might be going to like this scary neighborhood, which is Craigslist, but I'll go to like the nice part in the scary neighborhood. I'll go to the writing editing section. And then I see this ad that says, looking for PG-friendly stories about tickling. (laughs) And I'm thinking, maybe it's like ghost writing a children's book. I write back, and I'm like, you know, I graduated from this school, and I can write a story about tickling. Sure. He wrote back, he, of course. The worst stories in life involve a he. And uh, he wrote back saying, okay, so what I'm looking for is fun guys like yourself to videotape yourself talking straight to camera, no nudity, no lewd language, just about how much you love being tickled. And I thought, oh, no, I'm definitely in the bad part of town now. <laughs> but then it almost felt like a challenge, because you should know that I hate being tickled. Maybe I don't hate it, but I think I have the average person's reaction to it, which is, this is annoying, why is it happening? <laughs> so I thought, oh, well, what a fun challenge. I think it'd be like $100 per five-minute video. And you're thinking, you're making $100 every five minutes? Well, no, because to get five minutes of footage that I was satisfied with, that was like a day. So I did the first one. Immediately, I just slip into this all-American guy (laughs) character. So I just start talking about like... Oh, you know, like my big brother, he would just pin me down to the floor and he'll tickle me and he'd be like, huh, I'm the tickle monster. Who's the tickle monster? And I had to be like, huh, you're the tickle monster. But then I just went to college and I got stronger and stronger and I came back home and then I pinned him down to the floor and I was like, who's the tickle monster now? He loved it. And I was so pleased. Because then you think, okay, so like the first one was like set at home, so like the sequel has to be college, right? So the sequel, I was, me and like my buddies, uh, we were going to join a frat. (laughs) And the initiation, (laughs) fuck. (laughs) It just tickled us all night. (laughs) And he liked that one. And then I kind of got too ambitious and I really phoned it in with the third one. It was just about like, I was with a friend and he started tickling me or something like that. Yeah, I got too cocky because then he wrote back saying, this is no longer working for me. I don't know that I'll ever heal from that. So I had to, you know, move on. And then I replied to this other Craigslist ad that said looking for a magician's assistant. And I thought, well, that's just fun. But my first question I asked in the email, the first, and I think the only thing that I asked is, does the assistant have to be female? 
or can we just like open our minds and this be like a really like fun thing like can I be the first male ma- I don't know if I would be the first male magician's assistant but I I was like oh maybe I'll get a job and make some history while I'm at it he writes back like no very like choppy sentences no that's okay meet me for an interview and then like the address of a cafe in Soho and then I go into the cafe and then I realized oh I don't know what this magician looks like. (laughs) But then I see a gentleman in all black and a fedora. (laughs) And I think, oh, okay, good. (laughs) So I sit down with him, and he's with this woman who's just sort of like, her face was just grumpy. She was just like either bored or tired. She was just like, and she, I, like, said hi to her, and then, like, we never got introduced, but I never got a name or anything. She was just, like, there. And the magician, the first thing he says is, I'm not magician. <laughs> and it was like, well, uh-huh. <laughs> Please do go on. <laughs> and he, he's a little surly, but he's, like, translating from his native language a lot so he sounds very pensive and he's just taking his time with every sentence he goes i am not magician i am saxophone player (laughs) and i'm thinking well clearly you know the name for the thing you do so why not looking for saxophone player assistant like why are we hiding that you're a saxophone player that's okay in fact i guarantee more and better responses than a magician's assistant. Like, I'm the only one, like, stupid and weird enough to reply to a magician's assistant ad. But if you're, like, a saxophone player, like, a lot of people wouldn't mind doing that. But he's just like, I am a saxophone player. I'm like, okay. I have a saxophone. I'm like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. Yes. Great, you're not renting. I have a saxophone. And I play at parties. People are laughing. People are having fun. It is a wedding. It is a retirement. Uh, It's a birthday. They're having fun. I am playing a saxophone. Any song. Madonna. They're laughing. And then, dick comes out. I was like, why? You just said that people were already having fun. These people are at a retirement party, you just said. And then, dick comes out. It doesn't seem like anyone was asking for dick to come out. And he goes, no, 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 I have special saxophone. I push a button from the hole in the saxophone. Plastic dick comes out. And from the dick, tequila, vodka, and people laugh, they drink. I'm still, like, a little hung up on, like, why magician's assistant? (laughs) 
It's just a lie after a lie after a lie. And then his wife interrupts for the first time. She hasn't said anything. She leans over and she sort of like sees me becoming less and less interested in the job. She leans over and she goes, only saxophone in the world that can do this. <laughs> she is, I think, sick and tired of defending this man. <laughs> He's like, I believe in him. He made it. The dick comes out. I'm sick and tired of explaining it to everyone what my husband does. And I, I ask, like, well, w what would I do? What do you need me for? And essentially what he wanted was someone to get him booked for parties. And he, I think, wanted to charge three or four hundred dollars an hour for the saxophone. And then he goes, but no one can know about Dick. <laughs> Dick must be surprised for everyone. So not even the person paying for the service, not even the person throwing the party can know that that will happen. I thought about it for a little bit. Like, maybe I can be the booker. But of course it didn't happen. It was just like yet another job I didn't succeed getting. But that was not my fault. And uh, now I just do this. I just do comedy. Which seems so much easier than getting a 9 to 5 job. Like if you're looking for one, good luck. I don't have any pointers. Just uh, be a star. I feel like now this devolved into a Q&A where no Q was asked. <laughs> it started like a commencement speech and now it's a Q&A. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. That is all for this week's Classic Risk Singles episode. Now, don't miss out on our regular full-length episodes. There's a brand new one every Tuesday. And everything you might want to know about us is at risk-show.com. Get the champagne ready. The NBA Finals are here. Welcome to the NBA Finals. Let's raise our glasses and our rings to the two phenomenal teams left standing. My goodness. Here's the high-stakes action to thrilling moments we can't miss. He ties the game at the buzzer. And to crowning our next champion. Here's a toast to the NBA Finals. The 2024 NBA Finals presented by YouTube TV continue on ABC.